This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go! Love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Way up the middle, intercepted to the piano at the 50, high running down, Oakland football, and I think Oakland victory. The Raiders have scored on the most famous, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. Well, I love this team. I think this team can win. I think this team can What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what we trust will be a fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Episode number 202 of Raiders Fan Radio coming to you live uh, here in Murph's Fan Cave. Appreciate everybody jumping into the chat room tonight. Appreciate everybody checking us out on the YouTubes. America, go to the YouTube right now. That's right. Go to the YouTube right now and check us out with the best chat room in all of Raider Nation, the best community in all of Raider Nation. I had a little quiet. Let's turn it up. Crank up the Bernie. America, go to the YouTube right now. There we go. Go to the YouTube right now and jump in with that fabulous community that we have in there. So many people have already joined us tonight. Uh, Pete M is in there. Michelle Sweat, Lee B, Ron the Materator, of course, holding it down with the band hammer in case any Chiefs fans get loose in our chat. 
Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Sugar Shane, Raider Jeff, one of the uh, members of the Amazing Jeff Nation. Uh, let's see, Adam Hill is in there. The Dakota Raider. What's up, Dakota? What's up, Trinidad? Uh, Tyrone Graves, if I said that, if I said that already. Uh, man, uh, Tidal Raider, uh, Atticus be rocking. Uh, so many of our good friends uh, joining us tonight in the chat room for, uh, uh, wow, look, we got the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline ringing already. Let's see who this is. I wonder if this is Jeff, because Jeff was supposed to be here. Let's see. Hello? Hello? Well, nobody there? Hello? Well, oh well. Okay, I guess we got nobody there. That's riveting radio. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what was going on there, but I, I was I'd probably Swag Jeff. So it's a, it's a podcast selfie tonight. I thought we were done with these stinking selfies, but uh, Swago can't make it because he's out on a golfing trip this weekend. Uncle Mosh is still um, uh, tore up with, with a lot of work stuff. So uh, sadly, we were not. he's occupied his schedule, and so we won't be getting back in here tonight. But we have all of you, and we got so much to get to tonight. We have an incredible amount of content to get to tonight. Tons of, here we go. Here's, it's ringing again. Let's try it again. Okay. What? Hello? What? Press one. Okay, that's what I did. Hello? Hey, hey, is this Murph? Hey, Jeff! Hey, hey, it's Swag Jeff. Hey, man, sorry, I'm running late, dude. Oh, that's, well, I figured something was going on. So what's, how, where are you at? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there next Wednesday. Yeah. Well, we're the show's now. Like we're live on the air. Like right. Like I just started the show. So you're late. You just started. Are you serious? Yeah. The show's tonight. So you're late. Like you're gonna be here in a little while, right? Not next Wednesday. This Wednesday. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, the show on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm gonna be there for the show on Wednesday. That the show on Wednesday is now, Jeff. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. So you're running late. For next week? I thought today was Thursday, bro. No, I'll be there on Wednesday. <laughs> okay. No, you're late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm late, but I promise you Wednesday I will be there. Okay, so you're back next Wednesday. So tonight I got to do a podcast selfie. Oh, dude, I am. Yes, yes, yes. I am so sorry. Yeah, I, t- I thought today was Thursday. I thought we had a week off. I was celebrating for the draft. Uh, you know, I, shoot, I was getting ready. I turned on my TV. I was getting ready to watch the first round of the draft, bro. No, it's 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 Wednesday, so that's okay. Uh, do you want to you want to say hi to Raider Nation while you're while you're here on the air and while you're being a delinquent co-host? Oh my gosh, I'm live! I'm live on Murph's Fan Cave at Raiders Fan Radio right now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> hi, Raider Nation. How are you? <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh! We'll miss, oh my gosh. We'll, we'll miss you tonight, Jeff. But uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a double Jeff hour next Wednesday because not only will you be back oh. here in the fan cave, but also QB Jeff. I saw QB Jeff today. He's gonna rejoin us next Wednesday as well, and we will do our draft follow up show. So uh, enjoy your golf oh my trip. God, I love that. Enjoy your golf trip. I, I will enjoy my golf trip. Yeah, you yes, will. I will be uh, I will be uh, partaking in some adult beverages and watching uh, the Raiders draft our next future Hall of Famer. There you go. And yes, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be the best. Okay. Well, good deal. Well, thank you for calling and checking in. Raider Nation loves you. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they do. All right, bro. All right, thanks for calling, man. We'll we'll see you next week. Okay, have a good show. Okay, see you. Bye. All right, there you go. The one and only Swag Jeff. All right, so thank you, Jeff, for calling in. Thanks, Jeff, for calling in late for next week. But uh, anyway, so it's just you and me tonight, Raider Nation. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, I got a lot, as I mentioned, to get to tonight. Uh, for anybody that ever gives us that feedback, you guys don't talk enough about the Raiders. Well, guess what we're going to talk about all night long tonight? You're going to be sick of me talking about the Raiders. I'm going to gush about the freaking Raiders all night long, so just stay tuned. Uh, I do have a little bit of housekeeping that I want to get to. Uh, we do have some stuff to give away again, and, uh, and you guys, one of you all is going to make off with some really cool stuff. Actually, two of you are going to make off with some really cool stuff. Oh, my gosh, the donations already. Thank you, Matthew Mangus, for the donation in the Super Chat. $19.99, appreciate you, my friend. And uh, 100% of that money, as you know, will go to the One Nation Foundation. That is our foundation that is going to give to, in this season upcoming, the Greater Youth Sports Association. So thank you so much, Matthew. Um, Matthew has just been, dude, you're incredibly kind. Like, you've been giving so much here lately, and your generosity is not underappreciated, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts here in the fan cave. Appreciate you. All right, um, so, oh, my gosh, and now the twin is Brother Daniel. Same thing. Uh, another uh, $20 donation there uh, from Daniel Mangus. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Um, you just heard my spew about uh, where that money is going. And, and, uh, and so thank you so much for your generosity. Um, Matthew says he's down with a podcast selfie and, and uh, Daniel says, can I get a Raiders? Absolutely. Raiders. Absolutely. You can get one of that for a, for a donation, man. We appreciate you. Uh, awful kind man. And 100% of that money goes to the uh, One Nation Foundation. Thank you, guys. So anything you give to the chat room, anytime you go to the onenationfoundation.net and do a donation there, any of the money we get from advertising, oh, my gosh. You guys, thank you, Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider with a 1911, and Aaron says Rue, of course. Uh, 1911, of course, being the founding date of his fraternity, Alpha, uh, uh, not Alpha Sci-Fi, Omega Sci-Fi. And so thank you so much, Aaron, for that, for that 1911, and I uh, appreciate you. And look at that, man. We've already raised 60 bucks tonight. For the One Nation Foundation. What's up with that, man? That's legit. Man, that is so cool, y'all. Thank you so very, very much, man. We're going to be off to a hot start, giving to the Greater Youth Sports Association and helping out those, those young folks in the greater Las Vegas area uh, find their way into, into youth sports programs uh, for those that uh, don't have the privilege or the, or the financial capability to enter into those leagues. Greater Youth uh, you know, provides a lot of opportunity for those kids, and it's a great cause. So thank you all very, very much for that. Um, all right, so... You heard Swag Jeff isn't going to be here for this episode. And so uh, uh, Jeff, at the top of the show, always gives you a number, uh, our show number. In this case, it's 202, and ties it back to something significant within Raider Nation. Well, Jeff's not here, and so I got one. This is interesting, okay? So episode number 202. So where do we go with this one? All right. I'm going to 1985 and 1975. Here's why. In 1975, Kenny Stabler was sacked 19 times for 202 yards. In 1985, then quarterback Mark Wilson was sacked 27 times for 202 yards. Now, why would I bring up something like that? You guys are like, Murph, enough with the negativity, man. We don't want to hear about how freaking Stabler got sacked a whole bunch. Yeah, but here's the good news. 
the, when Stabler got sacked in 75, that was amongst the Raider heyday, right? Um, this is Stabler coming off an NFL MVP. This is on the precipice of their Super Bowl. Like, this is like the heyday of the Raiders of the 70s. Sacked 19 times for 202 yards. Let's contrast that with what now quarterback Derek Carr has to deal with. When you look at Derek Carr's 2018 campaign, remember that year when everyone was really starting to get in their feelings about Derek and lobbied a whole bunch of criticism at him and all that kind of stuff? This is not me soapboxing to defend Derek Carr. Uh, he is, of course, has fault, just like we all do at times. And, and he is, I get as frustrated with some of the things around his gameplay as, as any other fan does. But I think it's incredibly unfair if we don't take into context a lot of times of what Derek Carr has to deal with. And in 2018... He got sacked for 299 yards 51 times, okay? So think about that. 51 times in 2018, Derek Carr gets sacked for 299 yards. Contrast that with the greatest quarterback of all time the Raiders have ever had, one Kenny Stabler, who was only sacked 19 times for 202 yards in 1975 during the Raiders' heyday. Amongst that, Kenny, as brilliant as he was, didn't even complete 60% of his passes. Now, granted, they didn't throw the ball as much as they do in today's NFL, but still, he didn't complete 60% of his passes. Derek, in that season, when he dealt with all that pressure, still completed his passes for 68.9% of the time and threw for 4,000 yards and 19 touchdowns. Like, that's pretty legit, man. So I think anybody that gets in, a, in their own mind about, you know, Derek Carr and wanting to see the Raiders go a different direction to quarterback and all that, I would encourage you to take it into context and consider what, when you look at the numbers, because these things don't lie, when you look at what some of the greatest, if not the greatest, well, it's not even if not, it's when you look at what the greatest quarterback of all time for the Raiders had to deal with versus what Derek Carr's had to deal with, it's much different circumstances. So let's be a little patient, give him a little grace, give him a defense. He's got the weapons now offensively, and let's see where this thing goes. So there you go. There's uh, episode number 202 for, uh, uh, for y'all. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into some contact information. And then I got some stuff for you. Let's give away some stuff. Just press the damn button, nerd. Wait. I'm trying. All right, boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard (laughs) as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh. He twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us on the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. All right, so we're so thankful for all of you that are uh, participating on the YouTubes. Everybody in the chat, Pirate 1975's in there, Lorenzo's in there, Matthew Mangus, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, uh, Daniel Mangus is in there. 
Lee B. Appreciate all of you, Pete M. And uh, Ron the Materator. Ron, I'm glad you jumped in uh, because uh, we're going to give some stuff away. So last week uh, we gave away what a bunch of stuff, right? We gave away Blitnikoff jerseys, a couple of them. We gave away a, a replica jersey that went to our buddy Damian Hardy. I heard from Damian Hardy. And Damian, I've got that uh, going out in the mail to you this week. Uh, and then... Um, we gave away the autographed Bolitnikoff jersey. Uh, that was that's coming from Cody, and uh, I forget who our winner was off the top of my head there. But congratulations, uh, Stephen Bennett. There you go. So Stephen Bennett, that jersey's coming your way. But I also gave away this this Josh Jacobs autographed spotlight photo. Well, the guy that we picked, we never heard from, and we said we were going to give him a week. And if you didn't send me an email. Uh, we're talking about, I'm not trying to bust him out here, but Michael Panowski, uh, I never heard from you. So Michael Panowski, we're moving on and we're going to give it to somebody else. So I've got, um, I had that list of five names that we had it narrowed down to. So Jeff picked one of them. He's the one that picked the number, uh, which happened to be number one, uh, off the poker chip that picked Michael Panowski. So Ron, I need a number. I need a number between two and five. So two, three, four, five, pick one. And I've still got my list of the four remaining candidates here that can win the Josh Jacobs spotlight photo. This was to get us to 3,000 subscribers. So we needed 300. And, uh, and so we needed to, uh, um, to get to that number. And so we decided to give away a prize to get us to that 3,000 mark. And, uh, and so we did. And, but Michael Panowski never claimed his prize. So, so give me a number, Ron, two, three, four, five. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll give it, okay, four, he says. So that is um, Chris Gang. G, G, gang? G, I can't read my own handwriting. Or maybe Gangi, G-A-N-G-I. Gang or Gangi, whatever it is. Chris, hit us up. This is yours. Hit me up. Let me know where to send this. I need your address. Congratulations on winning the Josh Jacobs autograph spotlight photo. And um, there you go. So I'm going to put a check mark next to Chris's name. Hopefully, Chris. Claims it. If not, I'm going to keep going down the list. There's three other names on there. So if I don't hear from Chris, or if you know Chris, tell him. All he's got to do is shoot me an email. Murph at RaidersFanRadio.com. That's M-U-R-F at RaidersFanRadio.com. And he can claim his Josh Jacobs spotlight photo, the autograph spotlight photo that comes with a certificate of authenticity from Fanatics and the whole nine yards. So be glad to send that out to him. Uh, all you got to do is claim it. All right. So we had such good success with... Uh, you know, with the subscriber leap in giving away the Josh Jacobs photo, um, I decided to give away something else from Josh Jacobs. So here's what I got for you. So let's go the next 300, okay? So right now we're right at 3,000. So when we get to 3,300, I'm going to pick another name, or you will pick a name at random, and I'm going to send you this. So this is also from our good friends at Fanatics. This is a Josh Jacobs Nike Vapor Elite jersey. Um, you can see there, they're about 150 bucks. And so this is a, a size large because old Murph got this for himself. Well, full disclosure here. I bought this for myself, but they, they run a little tight. They run a little tight. So it's a little small on me. So I decided, well, let's give it away. So it's, it's in here. It's got the tags and all that good stuff. And um, so, yeah, so you send me, or you, for the next 300 people that subscribe to the channel, we'll pick a name at random. We'll send you this. And then also with this jersey, the reason I got it was that I, I typically don't buy jerseys for new players, but I wanted to get a jersey to commemorate the first year in Las Vegas. So along with this jersey, I'm going to send you this patch. So you can put this patch on your jersey, inaugural season, Las Vegas 2020. 
there, just like the players wore. So that will go right there on your jersey, uh, on your brand new Nike Elite, your stitched freaking Josh Jacobs jersey. So the next 300, so if you know somebody that's not subscribed to the channel, uh, give them a shout, tell them to subscribe to the channel, and we will pick out a name out of there, and, uh, and we'll send you the jersey. So um, I don't care. You make up a new profile and subscribe to the channel. I don't care. Um, so we'll be glad to give it to anybody that is already a subscriber. Subscribe again. We'll just, we just, we'll pick another one of those 300. So appreciate all of you that do already, uh, subscribe to us. And, uh, Matthew Mangus, thank you for another donation. Matthew Mangus with another 10 bucks. And he says, I want that Jersey and patch. Hey, make up a freaking new YouTube account and subscribe and you'll be in, entered into there. Well, I have no shame. We just want to we want to continue to grow our show and the more the merrier. So appreciate all of you so very, very much. Um, all right. Let me go ahead and, uh, and hit a break here. Uh, catch my breath. And we're going to jump into some respect. Nobody enjoyed a good Donnybrook more than sixth year linebacker Phil Villapiano. This is Phil Villapiano, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Will Compton. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with my boys Murph, Swaggy Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Tune in because they f***ing put out a banger podcast. <laughs> I love the, uh, the the chat. Um, I'm getting uh, what was it? Shane said uh, thick boy problems. Uh, Q Dog Raider says the limited time McRib totally wrecked the scales. <laughs> I love it. It's actually it's uh, I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a tall guy. I'm like six four. Like okay, and uh, it's it's just tight around like the shoulders and stuff. Like those Nike jerseys. Something about those those elite ones. They're just they're tight around around here you know what i mean like there's yeah it's tight around the midsection too but mainly it was around like and they're short too that's the other thing like i got a long torso so if i put my arms up in the air like the freaking thing comes up and becomes like a like you know above my belly button kind of a thing so anyways i had to get one larger and i ended up didn't get a rugs or excuse me i didn't get a josh jacobs i got a rugs i got faith in the young man i got faith in number 11 and uh i'm not selling them down uh, you know uh, like a lot of Raider Nation is already. I got a lot of faith that he's going to take the leap and continue to develop in year two and year three and be a, a stud for the Raiders. So uh, I'm investing in Henry Ruggs. And I would have bought Darren Waller was, was my actual desired jersey, but you can't find him. So anyways, all right, let's get to some respect. So we don't, uh, we don't do props around here. We don't do shout-outs, nothing wrong with those things. But, uh, you know, we're tying. We like to give respect. So I'm going to start off. This is going to be a little bit of a long segment. We like to give respect. We like to lift each other, lift others up. And uh, to start off with here, we want to lift up Carl Joseph. We want to lift up a young man that has now come back to the Raiders after his stint in Cleveland. And, uh, and we, want to, we want to lift him up because he had some really kind things to say about being a Raider. So here it is. Here's, here's um, uh, Carl Joseph on his return and what he feels and thinks about Raider Nation. I ask you to, to uh, expand a little bit just on that, uh, you know, being a Raider and, and Raider Nation and just part of that silver and black family. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And, and now that it's here in Vegas? Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, I was I was in Oakland. Um, I experienced that. I, I know there's nothing like the Raider Nation, man. I, I, I got an opportunity to play with Cleveland last year. And, um, you know, they have a serious fan base over there, too. Um, you know, 
very loyal. And I think um, Raider Nation is is by far um, one, one, if not the best, a fan base in this league, man. And, um, you know, being able to go away for one year and experience something else and coming back to it, I know I'm going to appreciate it a lot more. Um, and I'm excited to see what, what Vegas has to offer and, and what the fans here are going to be. And I know they're going to be excited, man. Hopefully we can have a full stadium this upcoming year and so we can really feel the energy. All right, love it, man. I think it's, I think this pickup for the Raiders was, was excellent. I don't think he's going to start. I think uh, Carl Joseph, frankly, is probably going to back up Jonathan Abram from what the, the looks of it are, at least the sound of it, uh, from what we've heard in some of the you know some of the comments from the coaching staff. Um, but yeah, I, you know they got him on a very friendly contract, and uh, and I think Josh Jacobs is going to Josh Jacobs. Man, I'm all over the place tonight. I think Carl Joseph is going to do a great job uh, for the Raiders, and, and definitely appreciate him coming back and appreciate the kind words, man. You got to love it when a guy you know has that kind of reverence for the fan base. You don't hear that a lot, and so that's pretty cool. So we appreciate him. All right, uh, next up. We're going to get to kind of a tribute section here. Um, I wore my Tales from the Nation shirt tonight because this is going to kind of be a mini Tales from the Nation. And since it is, I'm going to go ahead and play the Tales from the Nation music here within our respect segment. Uh, The intro to Tales from the Nation. For those of you that aren't familiar, this is when myself and Swag Jeff, we look back at something significant within Raider Nation and we take a long-term view of it. Um, We look at, you know, uh, basically we dive in deep to a significant play within the history of the team. And we really should do a full episode of Tales from the Nation, but um, being that I'm on my own tonight, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and dive into it tonight in the respect segment because we lost one of the... Uh, more high-profile Raiders uh, in terms of clutch, in terms of big game. Uh, when you think of the all-timers that helped solidify the Raider legacy, the Raider championship legacy, you know, of course, you got guys like you know Casper and 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 Stabler and Cliff Branch and Willie Brown. You know, you think about those guys like that were in the biggest of plays. You know, Marcus Allen. Um, and Mike Davis is one of those guys. And sadly, we lost Mike Davis recently. Um, he, he passed away, of course. And, and it's sad because these Raiders of old, these great Raiders, they're getting to be up there a little bit. And sadly, we're losing them, you know, losing Stabler, losing Branch. You know, we're, we're, we're losing losing Willie Brown. And, and, um, and so now here's another one, sadly. And there's numerous of them. I'm not leaving anybody out intentionally, but... It's just that's what happens, right? We all have a you know a due date, and and uh, so sadly we're, we're we're losing some of these guys. And so um, anyway, so I want to take a minute, want to pay some uh, respect and, and condolences to the Davis family. And uh, let's go ahead. And I'm going to hit the tales from the nation music, and then we're gonna I'm going to go right from that into a voicemail that we got from our resident historian, Houston Raider Steve, who did a wonderful job, uh, kind of talking about Mike Davis. Just win, baby. Commitment to excellence, the famed silver and black, the holy roller, ghost to the post, the immaculate reception. Time never really stops for the great ones. Tales of greatness. Tales of legend. Tales that define our very existence as fans. Some tales are of epic proportion. Some tales are heartbreaking memories of missed opportunity. Raider Nation is full of these tales. Let's take a journey through the past and present and relive the Raiders' adventure in the NFL. Here's Swag Jeff and Murph 
coming to you live from the dungeons of Murph's Fan Cave. The indestructible Jim Otto, George Blanda, the greatest clutch player the game has ever known, Willie Brown, the magnificent cornerback, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, and of course, the magnificent Art Shell. And then you take Tom Flores, the star player who coaches the two Super Bowls. Let me take you back a few years to Frank Yule Field, to the Oakland Coliseum, to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, relive the moments of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. To those of us who saw you battle to the top, we will never forget you. You know, Raider football was always emotional. We loved to take those memorable trips throughout the league, and we were hated, we were feared, but we were respected. These are our moments. These are our stories. These are Tales from the Nation. <laughs> First Moss, Swag Jeff, Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. We lost a great Raider today. We lost Mike Davis, number 36. He was drafted in the second round, 1977 draft. He played in Super Bowl 15 and 18. He's from Berkeley, California. He played eight years for the Raiders, one year for the San Diego Chargers. He was famous in that game uh, up at uh, up in Cleveland. Samuel Tigliano's played. Brian Sipe threw uh, the pass. They could have gone for a field goal at the end of the game, but they, they missed twice, I believe, in that game. I think one of them was blocked, but I know they missed two of them. So they decided to do this red ride 88. Gene Upshaw used to say about Mike Davis he couldn't catch a cold. But anyway, so he stepped in front of that play, uh, the, the, the receiver on that play, and intercepted the ball. It was a divisional game up in Cleveland. They ended up winning against San Diego in the AFC Championship game. The Cleveland game was a divisional game. And uh, they ended up going the, winning the Super Bowl, first wildcard team against the uh, Redskins. No, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry, Eagles. Anyway, I was lucky to meet Mike Davis over at the uh, – when uh, Ted Hendricks had his uh, charity event that he had, the time when his uh, sister called you and talked about Ted Hendricks. I met Ira Matthews, uh, Mr. Barnes, Cliff Barnes, and uh, anyway, or no, James Barnes, and then of course uh, Ira, I mean uh, Ira Matthews, and of course uh, our friend Mike Davis. Mike Davis was really soft-spoken, really humble. Didn't look for the spotlight. One of the nicest Raiders you'll ever meet. And today, when I found out that he had died last week, he was sick, and apparently today he died of cancer, and it really hit me like a ton of bricks. Just like Gerald Irons, just like Cliff Branch, just like when the snake passed away, Kenny Stabler. Uh, it's really tough when you lose a Raider. He's up there in heaven with, uh, Al Davis and all the other greats, Cliff and with, uh, Kenny. All I can say is rest in peace, Mike Davis. We love you. We miss you. You always have a Red Right, Red Right 88. What a great Raider. Great man. We miss the hell out of him. Thanks. God bless. Goodbye. All right, there he is, Houston Raiders, Steve. I loved it. You know, you hear the the you know, the passion of a, of his fandom, and you hear the sadness in in, in Houston Raiders, Steve. There, and I appreciate him uh, with that you know uh, that share of emotion there around losing Mike Davis. And um, yeah, man, it's 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 always tough. And but let's um let's kind of shift a little bit and let's focus on 
celebrating Mike Davis's life and let's celebrate, you know, yeah, we're sad we lost him, but let's celebrate what he did when he wore silver and black, wore that, of course, number 36. And we're going to get to the draft. I see the draft talk is already starting to go in the chat. Just to let you know, I've got all the draft stuff you're going to want to hear here in a minute. Um, but I do want to make sure at the top of the show, we, we take a minute to, to pay respects to, to Mike Davis and celebrate his life uh, as a Raider. And so here's a little bit of a tribute for you. Um, you're going to hear all the greats in this. You're going to hear Upshaw. You're going to hear... You name it. You hear a lot of very familiar Raider great voices uh, in this, and, uh, and, and this is fantastic. So I hope you enjoy this. A little bit of a tribute here to Mike Davis. I grew up in Los Angeles, Oakland Raider. That's Mike band. himself. Let's start over. Let's start over. I'm sorry. I get a little emotional about this. In 1977, safety Mike Davis joined the Raiders as a second-round draft pick. An integral member of the secondary, the Southern California native helped the Silver and Black win two Super Bowl titles. There goes the ball. That was Mike Davis who came from the outside. To bring a world championship to Los Angeles. That was perhaps the most pleasing feeling I've had in all of my career. It's not every day you be Super Bowl champs, but it's nice to be one every year. Number 18 is about to be history. And the Lombardi Trophy will go to the Los Angeles Raiders. My phone just blew up. People called me. I mean, it was just amazing, the feeling and the tribute, the accolades that we got. Davis finished his nine-year NFL career with 14 interceptions, none more critical than the one he recorded in the 1980 divisional playoffs. After winning the wildcard game, we get a chance to go play Cleveland Browns, the dog pound. But it's frigid cold. It was colder than cold. Oakland Raiders football time. The AFC semifinal playoff game between the Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. The winner to battle for the AFC championship and the trip to the Super Bowl. Came down to the fourth quarter and a field goal for them would have won the game. Flores. But... Uh, that's not the way it turned out. That's what playoff football is all about. The inches, the decisions. So much hangs on one little play here. We keep thinking they're going to kick, and that's going to be it, and we're going to lose, blah, blah, blah. Upshaw. A ball on the 13-yard line of the Raiders, who lead 14-12. But with Cleveland needing only a field goal, the Browns appear to be in the driver's seat. But Cockroft had already missed a couple of field goals. Otherwise, they would have went for a field goal. Guess what? They decided. I believe that's Kenny King. They we're going to throw. Senior. <sighs> Sipe is going back to pass. Wants to take a shot into the end zone. When I saw Sipe drop back to throw the ball, I almost passed out. I can't believe this. They're dropping back the pass. He looks. He throws. And it's a great play that may have been intercepted. We had a guy on our team that could not catch a cold in Alaska barefooted, <laughs> steps in front of the ball, Mike Davis, and he catches it. The guy with the worst hands in the secondary quarter, Mike Davis, <laughs> shoot. It was Mike Davis who made the big interception. Mike caught the football? <sighs> That's not Mike Davis. Mike Davis don't have hands. But you know what? Mike Davis intercepted the football. Oh, Billy, you believe that? I can't believe it that uh, it was such a great catch. I could not believe that Mike Davis actually caught the ball. 
but he caught that one, and that was the only one that mattered. I just worried about doing my job the best I could, and everything fell into place. Red Right 88, oh God. I can still right now see him going up for the ball. And came over. There's the gun, and the Raiders will battle the powerhouse San Diego Chargers for the right to go to Super Bowl 50. Although this was Mike's defining moment as a pro football player, the moment did not define him. He led his teammates on the field throughout his career and brought them together for decades afterwards. Mike Davis personified the true meaning of being a Raider. He loved playing for the Raiders. He bleeds silver and black. We all know this. Mike Davis, great guy. Great football player. Glad to be a teammate of his. Man, I don't know about y'all. That that freaking gives me chills, man. That's that's incredible. I love hearing from our legendary Raiders. You know, we get feedback all the time uh, from younger Raider fans that say, like, you know, Murph, we're tired of hearing about, you know, the history of the team. We want our own history. And, you know, I hope those days are coming because, you know, as an older fan that was, although I was a very, you know, I was young, was a kid when these days of the Raiders of, you know, Red Right 88 and Marcus Allen running with the night. And, heck, I was four years old when the Raiders – uh, beat the Minnesota Vikings uh, to win their first Super Bowl. You know, it's I hope those days are coming for you because, you know, and I, and I hope that obviously as a Raider fan myself, I want to see the team do well. But for our younger fans to be able to experience what it is to see the Raiders be great, it's unlike anything you'll ever see in sports. And that's, of course, that's my Raider fandom speaking. But there is a lot of truth to that. There's a reason that you always hear the rhetoric of the league is better when the Raiders are good. It's, it's absolutely unmatched when you see the Raiders running off, um, you, you know, a series of greatness back to back. Not just a one-time Super Bowl where we get blown out against the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers years you know although we had a pretty good run then it pales compared to what it was like back in the 70s and and early 80s so and mike davis an absolute critical part of that an absolute legend of the raiders um we're going to go ahead and jump into some draft talk but uh while we go into this next break i'm going to play you the live call so you get to hear what it sounded like when that when when this was when the game was going on when they did red right 88 when that that frigid game negative 37 degrees in freaking Cleveland. Like, it was absolutely ridiculously cold. And uh, so, I mean, it's hard enough to do anything when it's that cold, let alone when you're not a good pass catcher to begin with, and then you freaking catch a ball late in the fourth quarter with frozen hands. Mike Led- Mike Davis, absolute legend. Rest in peace. Raider in peace. Um, condolences to the family. Here's Red Ride 88, and we're going to get back with some draft talk. Right up the middle. 49 seconds to go. Wrong. Into the end zone. Was it intercepted? Oakland, got Oakland it. intercepted the ball. Michael Davis is the man who picked it off. That's just a great play at a, at a very critical time. It even looked like Newsom might have come up with it. The Raiders didn't believe it for about five or ten seconds. It was a one-handed stab. He was one-on-one with Ozzie Newsom. How he came up with that ball, 
is a miracle. 41 seconds left in the Raiders intercept. And they might have iced this one, no pun intended. Newsom looked, he thinks the ball's going to get to him. Okay, here's Davis. All day long, quiet he's been one-on-one on one with a free safety. With, so what? You're not going to get that much help because he can't get started. Newsom's trying to run his pattern. Davis cuts it. Hey, Raider Nation. I just want to say hello. This is Pastor Mondo of NationMinistry.net. You're listening to Raider Fan Radio with Uncle Marsh and my brother, Merv. Just win, baby. Yeah, it was incredible, man, how quiet it was. That's one of the things when you read through different articles and the feedback from the players and coaches, they they all mentioned like how eerie it was, how quiet it got. Because that was a raucous place, man, the dog pound, the original dog pound. And uh, and it got just dead silent. You could hear it. You can hear the announcer loud the PA announcer loud and clear after that, because it was just the the fans were in shock. So uh, anyways, man, good stuff there. And of course, Raiders went on then to uh, to beat the Chargers. In the 1980, but the year of 81, uh, AFC Championship game, we beat them 34-27, I think, something like that. And then, uh, and then of course, took out the Philadelphia Eagles, Dick Vermeil and all his crybaby tears, and, uh, and that was wonderful when the Raiders won their second championship, all due to the heroics of one Mike Davis. So, uh, all right, uh, thank you to Matthew Mangus. A couple donations in there. While we were doing our tribute to Mike, uh, a $9.99 and a $4.99. Thank you, Matthew Mangus, man. You are on a roll. Making it rain, as the kids say in the chat room here, these past couple shows uh, for uh, Raiders Fan Radio, and 100% of your donations will go to the One Nation Foundation and in turn uh, will go to the um, Greater Youth Sports Association of Las Vegas. So appreciate everybody in the chat tonight. Appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate like uh, whether you're in the chat active or you're just in there lurking like my boo Max. Max, what's up, boo? Um, Want to say hi to everybody in there. Uh, hi to the big easy Raider born Rico. What's up, Rico? Franklin eighty three is in there. Sugar Shane. I feel like I got to turn the lights down now, man. Light candles and stuff, and like you know, really celebrate the idea that, that Rico's in the house. Uh, Kill Jadis nine oh seven is in there. Pyre nineteen seventy five. Lorenzo's in there. The Big Easy. What's up, Big Easy? Uh, Matthew Mangus. Uh, am I missing anybody? Aaron the Q Dog Raider, of course, and Ron the Mater Raider holding it down for us. And I appreciate all of you joining us tonight. All right, everyone wants to talk about the draft. So let's talk about the draft. And I'm looking. I'm ready to talk about this draft. I'm excited. First off. A little self-promotion. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be on Mojo's channel at the beginning of the draft. And I'm going to spend most of the draft night on Mojo's channel like we did last year. So Mojo's channel now is When the Universe Speaks. That's also the name of his podcast. If you're uh, 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 faint of spirit or heart, that's probably not the place for you to go and listen. But if you, uh, you got thick skin and you can appreciate irreverent humor, when the universe speaks is the spot for you. It's these guys. I think they're hilarious. Um, I, I freaking love Mojo and his crew, the big gringo and rooster boy. They're funny as crap to me. Um, and so anyways, we're going to sit in with them. We're going to be doing beer reviews. Um, it's, I think he's going to have fans from other the other teams coming in uh like he's got a jaguars guy that's going to join us for the number one pick so we can all make fun of trevor lawrence looking like a horse like we can do all that all that stuff right um why the long face trevor so we're, we're gonna have a really good time in, in there um uh, on mojo's channel then a few picks before the raiders probably 12 13 ish whatever when we get into the teens 
I'm going to slide over to Simone Raider's channel. And over there, it's going to be uh, some of these guys I don't know. Um, Graphic Raider, Raider Honcho, I don't know them. Uh, but Cody will be there. Kenny King Jr. will be there. Uh, of course, Samoan himself will be there. So uh, so a lot of folks that you know um, through our show, if, if, if you don't watch other shows, and if you do, then you definitely know who all those, those, those guys are. So I'm going to jump in with them. I'll be on Samoan's channel for a while, probably until a few picks after the Raiders. And then I'm going to jump back over into Mojo's channel. So definitely check us out tomorrow. we got a lot to get to for the draft. It's going to be an absolute blast. I know everyone's going to have their frosty adult beverages tipped up and ready to go. Or if you don't partake, I'm sure you'll have a, uh, you know, a, a nice spread of food or you know, whatever, whatever. I know we do have a lot of uh, truckers that listen to us. And so if you're out on the road, uh, definitely listen in and, and, and drive safe. Um, so... The Raiders, respectively, I, I went through this last week, but just to give you a refresher, of course, the Raiders pick at 17. Then in the second round, we pick at 48. And then we have two picks in the third, uh, 79 and 80, back-to-back picks, which is always really cool. Then we got the fourth-round pick at 121. Then two fives, uh, one from Miami and one from Seattle, which are 162 and 167. So a lot of opportunity for the Raiders to – Maybe move around. Uh, we're not sure. I got a feeling like they could be packaging up those um, two-thirds to move up to, like, say we don't get a tackle in the first two rounds, or maybe we could move back into the – just trade those two-thirds to move into the second round, have two second-round picks, get a tackle there. You never know. Like, there could be some – I think we might see something more creative – than what we're historically used to in terms of moving around on the draft board. Um, I know they did that a little bit. Mayock did that a little bit with uh, the that first year, um, which was, what, 2019, when we, we moved around a bunch to get to Mullen and kind of traded back a few times. So I think there's we've seen it before, but maybe not with the impact of moving up that, that we might see this time around. Just my thoughts. I don't know. Um, so I reached out today on Twitter. It just kind of put out an unofficial poll. I'm just curious to kind of what your guys' thoughts were. Um, and I put this. So I put, just one day left Raider Nation. What are we doing tomorrow night with 17? Put this out this morning, and there was four choices. There was offense, defense, trade down, or trade up. So this is curious. So 150 votes came in, and there's your answer. So 61% said defense so i agree man i think uh, there's 150 of you that that voted as of now it's still up and going but as of the time i printed this off it was um 150 votes 61 percent. so i think that's a very fair representation of what we as fans are looking for right 61 percent of us expected to go defense uh and then there's a couple trade up trade downs but then look at this is what's interesting to me 15 percent of you expect to see offense tomorrow so that means that if we take the defensive votes, trade up, trade down, that's 85%. That means if the Raiders pull a tackle, which is highly possible in the first round, 85% of Raider fans are going to be disappointed. So this is why so I bring it up to tell you this. Above all else, as Proverbs says, guard your heart. Because guess what Twitter's going to do tomorrow when we draft the right tackle at number 17? 85% of it that identifies with the Raiders are going to lose their mind. So just be prepared. If you're dipping around on social media tomorrow, 
and it's a right tackle, that's what you're going to be looking at. I don't think it's going to go that way. Just like the other 85% of you don't think it's going that way, but it might. It's very feasible. It's It wouldn't be, I don't even think it would be necessarily a bad pick. I don't think it's the biggest need for our team currently, but it's certainly a need. You got to protect Derek, right? So anyways, we might see that tomorrow. So very interesting there on where this thing is going to go at number 17. Um, before we kind of land a little more on what the draft outlook strategically looks like for the Raiders, um, you know, we just got done honoring our past, and I do want to honor our past a little bit more. Actually, you know what? Let's flip this around. We'll do that later. We'll do the draft outlook first. I've got some stuff for you and some draft stories about some classic Raiders, but you know what? We're already on the subject. Let's go ahead and stay with the modern-day Raiders instead of jumping around too much on you. We'll kind of we'll stick on this here. This is where I need Uncle Mosh in here to yell at me and be like, just start out. Okay, so every year we hear talk about Derek Carr, that especially as now he's getting older, right, he's entering into his 30s, um, you know, quarterbacks nowadays clearly can play well into their 30s and be, uh, and be highly successful. The cutoff number used to be about 37. I remember for the longest time as a younger fan, it was like 37. That was like, don't totally fact check me on this, but roughly I, from off the top of my head, I remember that was like when Boomer Esiason, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, um, you know, uh, who am I missing? Um, Joe Montana. Like, it was always like around 37. That was like the magic number for quarterbacks. But now, clearly, Tom Brady has blown that out of the water. You could even go back and look at guys like Vinny Testaverde, who were, played an AFC championship game. I think it was 42. Um, but look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Aaron Rodgers is timeless. Like, he's blow. I mean, he's still killing it. Like, he's blowing it out of the water still. Um, look what Drew Brees just, just got done doing, right? He retired at, what was he, 41, 42? So, clearly, quarterbacks can play deeper into their 30s now more than ever. So, I think Derek Carr could stand to be our quarterback for the next eight, nine years, maybe. Maybe 10. Like, he still could be around for an awful long time. So, but it does, still doesn't slow down the talk every year. Now, uh, I've gone on record numerous times. I'm not a, uh, a proponent of trading Derek Moving on from Derek, I think that Derek Carr is very capable of winning a championship. I think that he has everything that we need from arm talent to mobility to leadership to being able to diagnose a defense, like you name it. Like the guy's got everything you want, work ethic. He's got everything that you want. Uh, and I don't pin it entirely on him for lack of playoff wins. I just don't. When you look at the carousel of coaches, when you look at the really the bad defenses that he's been loaded with, questionable weapons at times even uh, offensively I don't think that's an excuse anymore it, has, it wasn't last year and that's why we had a top 10 offense so but anyways I don't think Derek is the focus of the team but it still comes up every single year so here we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit it could kind of be a tired topic I think but it also it, I think it's fair that it's such a big topic that for a Raiders show we ought to talk about it once in a while so let's dig in on the Derek Carr quarterback thing all right and where his kind of his place because i'm already hearing it and i've got a clip for you coming up about the raiders looking at a quarterback just like we hear every every year so kind of so here's where the mindset of management is right Derek carr's an employee of the raiders and his boss is john gruden and mike mayock mainly john gruden what does Derek carr's boss 
think of him. I think that's an important thing for us as fans to understand. So if we roll back the clock, back to uh, 2014, this is in April of 2014, so headed into the draft of 2014, before John Gruden made his return to coaching, when he was doing the quarterback camp, this is what he thought of Derek Carr. So this is the mindset of Derek's boss. The biggest riser, I guess, on the board is Derek Carr. You had him in. Your thought? Well, he's one of my favorite guys in this draft. As a guy or quarterback? Both. Oh. Pure arm talent. He has the best arm talent in this draft. We had Santonio Holmes, a number of NFL players participating in the workout. All of them had their eyebrows raised by Carr's passing ability. Fifth-year senior. A lot of people want to compare him to his brother, and I think in some ways it hurts him. Because of Fresno State, same as, same as. This is a totally different quarterback than his brother. Very interesting upside. He can hum it. All right, there you go. So John Gruden was clearly a fan of Derek before, uh, uh, you know, he was ever even part of the Raiders once again. So I don't think Derek Carr is in danger of losing his job anytime soon. He's not going to get traded. They're not going to, certainly not going to draft a quarterback high. The speculation that the Raiders might move up in the draft to get one of these top-tiered quarterbacks, again, I think that we're you're it's really far-fetched. I don't think that it's a very feasible thing for the Raiders to do, and I don't think it's a very smart thing for the Raiders to do. And here's why. Um, it's it's really you don't get the output from top-tiered quarterback or from top 10, say, quarterbacks like you think you would, and especially in the top three. So I'm going to play you a clip. This comes from Jeremy Schapp. I'm not the biggest ESPN fan anymore, but every once in a while they'll come up with something good. And uh, so here's Jeremy Schapp talking about quarterbacks drafted in the top three. So right now we're looking at what? We've got Trevor, obviously. we got Wilson, and then possibly Mac Jones going to the Niners, right? So you got three quarterbacks potentially going in the top three. Also, and speaking of that, here's an interesting caveat for you. Um, there's a shot we could see no defensive players taken in the top 10, okay? That has never happened in a draft. Since the common era in 1967, there's never been a draft where you haven't had a defensive player taken in the top 10. That's what we're looking at because the first three picks are probably going to be a quarterback. I don't think that they're going to take um, – oh, what's my guy out of uh, – um, Oh, gosh, the tight end out of Florida. I don't think that the Niners are going to move up that, that far. Pitts, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I don't think they're going to move up that far to take a tight end, especially when they got Kittle on the roster already anyways. Um, so it's likely going to be a Mac Jones type guy. Anyways, point being, though, you shouldn't take quarterbacks with your top three pick. They don't work out. So let's check in with Jeremy Schapp and listen to why. What's amazing about the way teams position themselves for the NFL draft and the way they actually draft is how they utterly refuse to learn the lessons of draft history. All the machinations, all the hours spent analyzing this player, breaking down that player, when at the end of the day, this is to a large degree a crapshoot, as in your guess is as good as mine. It's like those cats and turtles who fill out the winning March Madness brackets, especially a quarterback, the position hardest to evaluate and yet the one in which every team seems convinced they know exactly what they're doing. I mean, seriously, is Zach Wilson really better than Sam Darnold? Who knows? Maybe he's the next Johnny Unitas. Maybe he's the next Geno Smith. In 2017, the Bears traded four picks to move up one spot to draft Mitchell Trubisky at second overall. They could have kept all those picks and taken Patrick Mahomes with room to spare. He went 10th. 
with the exception of the rare, very rare, almost impossibly rare, sure thing, a la John Elway or Peyton Manning, you're probably better off using that top pick on an offensive lineman or linebacker. Late in the first round, after all, you can get an Aaron Rodgers. Or in the second, a Drew Brees. Or if you wait all the way until the sixth, Tom Brady. In the last 50, 50 NFL drafts, 44 quarterbacks have been selected first, second, or third overall. And exactly two, two have gone on to win Super Bowls as the starters for the teams that drafted them. Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning. There you go. So this whole idea of the Raiders moving up to take a quarterback, it's not going to happen. They're perfectly happy with Derek Carr. The Raiders do not have the draft capital or and the necessity to move up. And frankly, when you do that, it doesn't ever work out or very, very rarely. Okay. So what will we likely see from them? We're likely going to see something defensive happen for the Raiders at the top. Now, um, could we get a tackle? As I mentioned, yes, it's certainly possible, but what do the Raiders need? We need linebacker help. We need still a little bit of pass rush, definitely some interior line defensive line, definitely some secondary help, especially at the safety spot. So, what could so what moves our brains to think? Well, what might the Raiders do? Well, we know what John Gruden and we know what Mike Mayock look for. We know about the work ethic. We know about the dedication. We know about the character. You know the the the, the high character guys that they look for. They look for the natural athletes. They look for all the high motor guys, right? All the different cliches. But then, what do we look for now though with Gus Bradley? And I think that's important. This is interesting about Gus Bradley. When going back to the years with Paul Gunther, it's always been this like developing players to fit into his system, like drafting guys that need to work into a spot that need to, you know, look at it like what our net, right? Be, that like they're a little bit of a project, say, you know, or, or there's a there's a development runway that we need them to get through before they can be impact starters. A lot Trayvon Mullen. Right. So. That's changed now. So now. We've got Gus Bradley, and he's going to look for guys that can not only be plug and play, but fit specifically what he's looking for them to do defensively. I'm not going to steal his thunder. I'm going to you listen to Gus because he explains a heck of a lot better than I do. But this is very interesting. This is getting a little nerdier side of things, but it's very interesting to listen to Gus Bradley talk about what it takes and what they are going to look for player-wise to play in his defense. Coach Gruden and I have had experience together. And when we were together at Tampa, what I was really impressed was when I came in here to interview, it was just the vision that coach had. And I had a chance to meet with, you know, with Mark Davis. He was in on the interview and shared his vision. And to hear John Gruden's vision, Mike Mayock's vision, it was something that was very good for me to hear and to see just how they are so closely related. And uh, it was just a very, very positive experience. Hey, try to design something that allows young players to come in and play early. You know, it's not a defense that you're gonna come to us and say, I need this 12-year veteran, I need this 13-year veteran, because, you know, they're the ones that understand the system. And, you know, it wasn't brought up in that fashion. So we knew we had to design something that players could learn and understand and maybe it was simplified for them and makes it hard on offenses. All right, so something very interesting about Gus Bradley. And so there you, you, you hear, like, it's plug and play. It's meant for young players to come in, pick it up quick, because then it allows them to play fast. They're not thinking all the time, because that's what – you don't want players thinking. You want them 
You want him playing. You want him acting without thought. You want him to just be, you know, reaction, right? You, you don't want them processing necessarily. That's what got the Raiders before. That's what got them in Gunther's defense is that they were too busy trying to figure out where they should be because they were running formations and things that they didn't even do in practice. Just all this craziness that Gunther was calling in. So you kind of hear the philosophy. So let's think about Gus Bradley. So this is what, so we're starting to build the puzzle now. Okay. So we've got what the Raiders need to do what side of the ball we now understand this defensive philosophy and then what is the really the, the signature position of Gus Bradley's defense some might say the secondary right the legion of boom you know Brandon Browner Sherman Cam Chancellor Earl Thomas but I think more Bobby Wagner KJ Wright when you think about like Bobby Wagner what he means to that Seattle defense to that 4-3 that to me is the signature signature position. It's almost an old school defense in the terms of like the field general middle linebacker. You don't see those kind of guys anymore like we used to. Like you think about the heyday of middle linebacker. You think about Ray Lewis or Singletary or, you know, butt kiss even, or like for us, it was Kirk Morrison, right? Like you think about those, those field generals, those guys that kind of ran the defense. That's what Gus Bradley's, defense still allows for it's a little more switcheroo and plug and play and substitution in a lot of the modern defenses but this defense it's very much structured around a you know junior Seau kind of guy right so i think it's very feasible that the raiders take a middle linebacker also with the middle linebacker spot you need someone that can cover so that immediately pushes us to think about a guy like Joker. I call him Joker because I can't pronounce his whole name. Jeremiah, add an older name. A little bit undersized, but very, very capable in coverage. The dream for us, I think, even though there's a little bit of character issue, which hopefully doesn't deter the Raiders, but Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Dude's a freak. He's freaking built like a defensive end, and he plays middle linebacker. And you want to talk about somebody who can bring it. That, that's, the, that's the guy. So I think, you see what I mean? So the puzzle's starting to form. So let's check in with somebody who's not necessarily my favorite. I kind of make fun of him a little bit, and I only make fun of him because he takes shots at the Raiders all the time. I'm talking about Michael Silver, who's on the NFL Network all the time. Michael Silver is one of these guys who just has a case of the ass for the Raiders, and I hate it that he always takes shots at him. You know, there's a handful of guys in the media that do that. Silver's one of them, but again, respect where respect is due. This, I thought, was a very fair take on what the Raiders' needs are this year in the draft at middle linebacker. And so he kind of, again, we're starting to kind of put together the pieces of what we might see tomorrow night. Well, they have uh, some serious needs, and uh, obviously one of them is at right tackle. They've revamped their offensive line. Uh, Whether they get that player at 17 or not remains to be seen. Mostly they have needs on defense, and uh, they believe that the – hire of Gus Bradley as the new defensive coordinator is a big, big deal. Gus Bradley, who had so much success in Seattle, he needs his Bobby Wagner. So do you look at a guy like Jamin Davis early on in the draft? I think you look at edge rushers, Jan Ngakwe uh, teaming with Max Crosby gives them a little juice there, but you can never have too many. And then certainly in the secondary, they need a safety who can come in and probably start and you always need corners, probably need an interior defensive lineman too. But 
Uh, again, Gus Bradley, that system, having a really, really rangy good player uh, at interior linebacker is a big, big deal. And I think they'll be looking hard uh, at that position. All right, there you go. Yeah, so I, I think that's, that's really strongly where I'm leaning. Now, I've leaned towards middle linebacker before for the Raiders around the draft and been highly disappointed because they would draft, oh, I don't know, Gary and Conley instead. Uh, but, you know, look, it's been a position of need for us for the longest time. We haven't had a strong linebacking core. Uh, you heard me talk about it all the time since Kirk Morrison, Robert Thomas, and Thomas Howard. And uh, it's time, man. It's time for us to get. I know they tried it with Rolando McClain. It didn't work out, speaking of character issues. But I think it's time. I think it's time for us to take another bite at the apple. Quit, quit it with the late-round linebackers. Like, it was incredible to me that we had Reggie McKenzie running the front office. We had Jack Del Rio as a head coach, and we had Ken Norton Jr. as a defensive coordinator, three career linebackers, and we wouldn't invest in linebacker. It used to drive me nuts, and I'm sure it drove you nuts too. It's time now. It's time for us to invest in that linebacker, in that guy that's going to be the leader of our defense potentially for however long. We've got leaders on offense. It's time for us to get a clear-cut leader on defense, especially – We'll see if Sherman is on his way or not. Um, but if we don't, if we're done in free agency, we don't bring any veterans, which I think we still are going to. But say we didn't, then we gotta we gotta build some leadership on that side of the ball. So, anyways, I think that's where this thing is gonna go. Um, now that said, you gotta be able to react to the board. You gotta be able to react to what teams are doing. Teams are already doing goofy stuff. See the Niners. Um, they're already doing weird things in the draft, moving around. Uh, what else did we see today? We saw another uh, big trade. Was it this morning that we saw another trade? What was it? Chat room, help me out there. I know I saw one. I know I read about a trade. What the, oh, it was Bridgewater. We saw Bridgewater go from the Panthers to, um, to the Broncos. So now the Broncos aren't necessarily in the quarterback market. Now you got Teddy B, who's a very viable starter, and you got that stupid-ass Drew Luck, or, uh, Locke backing him up. The, likely the Broncos aren't taking a QB now. So that, again, starts to change the conversation. So you got to be able to react. you got to be able to move in what's going on with the 16 teams ahead of you. So let's listen in to our, uh, to our GM, Mike Mayock, talk about being nimble in the draft. 17, you're sitting there and you're going, okay, I think the, the board's going to fall a certain way, and how are we going to react? If, if it doesn't fall that way, is there a way to get out? Is there a way to go back? Okay, and and I think a lot of GMs around the league are making calls right now. Hey, you a willing partner. What do you think? Um, Conversely, if you're sitting at 17 and a guy who you think is going to go, you know, 8 to 10 or 12, somebody who you really like that fits who what you do starts to slide a little bit, you've got to be willing to say, are we willing to take the chance to, to give up some draft capital to go get a specific guy? So to answer your question, Paul, and I've said this before, I think you've got to be nimble. You've got to be willing to go either way, and as the draft develops, make those decisions. All right, good stuff there from Mike Mayock. Man, I love that idea. I love the idea that they're willing to be flexible and they're not just like locked into a specific thing because if you are and then things change, then what are you going to do? Then what's your, what's, your, what's your exit or your, you know, your, not your necessarily your plan B, but another path, right? You have multiple paths and, uh, and, and the Raiders are calculating for all of them. So uh, I think we're in good hands with Mike Mayock. I know that he's, he's, he's faced some criticism and I think that it's fair, but I think overall we're in good hands uh, with Mr. Mayock. All right, so speaking of that, I got two more clips for you from Mike. Um, this is great. This is music to Raider fans' ears. 
and he's talking about building speed. I think you got to be nimble. You got to be willing to go either oh. way, and as oh, no. the draft develops, make those decisions. I think we needed to get. Fa- oh man, that's the same clip. All right. Well, anyways, he talks about, and I'm sorry, I don't have it here now. He talks about the idea that the Raiders need to build speed on defense, and where you know, look, we're all about that, right? Raider fan, if anything, we're accustomed to our team being fast, and I think that it's important, not just because it makes them um, that much better on Madden. But we got to keep up with guys like Miko Hardman and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all that. Like, there's a lot of fast people, a lot of fast receivers, um, wide or tight end, in our division. And so it's very important for the Raiders to be fast on defense. Plus, we need to be fast in the front seven on defense because we don't need guys like Patrick Mahomes having plenty of time back there. Cause what happens? What's the, the number one thing that you hear about Patrick Mahomes? Well, he can extend plays. Well, Russell Wilson, he can extend plays. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, they can extend plays. Don't give them the opportunity to extend plays. How do you keep them from extending plays? You get to them quick. You get them on their ass quick. That's how you do it. You get to them fast, create quick pressure, Keep guys covered quickly. That's how you do that. Then you can only do that with speed. And that's only from just flat out speed, speed, speed. So the Raiders are looking to build speed on defense. And then I think, again, that is music to our ears for a few different reasons. Um, all right, last, let's hear one more from Mr. Mayock. And this is uh, him talking about the importance of building home field advantage, right? We all know that's coming, but I'm glad the Raiders recognize it. We were 2-6 and six at home last year. We were 6-2 and two on the road last year. So getting fans in those stands are pretty important to us. Uh, we want to turn that stadium into a home field advantage. Uh, I can't speak for player safety, fan safety. That's for all the government officials and the NFL officials. All I know as somebody with a vested interest in getting out there in an exciting, filled arena, we can't friggin' wait. Okay, that place needs to rock, and it needs to be a home field advantage. It's coming, Mike. I promise you, you are going to see plenty of home field advantage. And yes, it's going to be rocking. But listen, our product has got to be good. You saw what happened when the Raiders played Jacksonville, last ever home game in Oakland. We lost last second, right? The ball clanks off of Keelan Doss's face mask in the end zone. Raiders lose the football game. And all they were showered with is were booze and nachos and you know beer and... It was kind of an ugly scene, and Raider fan was mad. I wasn't at the game, but chalk me up. I was beside myself ill. The fact that we could not beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Oakland for the last ever home game. So it got ugly. Now, granted, I don't know. We don't know what Vegas Raider fan is going to be like. Is it going to be as rowdy as Raider fan was in Oakland? I don't know. I'm going to assume so. Uh, cause Raider fans are Raider fans. doesn't matter where we are. doesn't matter where we are on the globe. We're kind of rowdy. That's kind of what we do. Um, so go ahead and stink up the joint with 60,000 people in attendance in Vegas week one and see what happens. So I appreciate the Raiders, um, acknowledging how awesome the home field advantage is going to be. And I would encourage them to really take advantage of that home field advantage and to use the opportunity to play your freaking guts out. Like, please, Raiders, like, we can't be having these Jacksonville Jaguar and Oakland-type games to start off in Vegas because it's going to get ugly real quick. Um, 
I got to say, man, last year, I think it was good for the Raiders to not have fans. And I mean, because you just heard Mayock. We're two and six at home. Derek Carr doesn't like it, and neither does anybody, but Derek Carr gets uncomfortable when, you know, he wants to be liked. We all want to be liked. Some of us have thicker skin than others. And I think it gets to Derek when the home crowd, because he's so passionate about being the Raiders, being on the Raiders and being a fan himself. I think it gets to him when he hears the Boo Birds come out. Well, the Boo Birds are going to come out. They're going to come out louder than you ever heard them because that place is going to be louder than the Oakland Coliseum was able to be because it's a freaking dome. So just by the nature of it, not by the passion of the fan, but just by the nature of it, the physics of it, it's going to be louder. You're going to hear the loudest boos you have ever heard in your entire life if you go out there and turn in a bad performance. So I think that that collectively needs to be on the mind of the Raiders. I'm not saying it's not. I think that it would be a silly notion to, to think otherwise. But that's where I keep going back to this idea that this might be the most important season of the, this era of the Raiders. This is going to define careers. This is going to define Derek Carr, John Gruden, potentially Mayock. You know, you think about these guys that careers are in the balance. John Gruden has a one a, a 500 record as a head coach. He's like 57 and 55 in Oakland or with the Raiders, and he's 57 and 55 with the Buccaneers. Like literally the balance of his career with two positive blips on the radar. He's Jeff Fisher. He's a 500 coach with two blips. One with Al Davis's Raiders and one with Tony Dungy's Buccaneers. John Gruden, if you don't think John Gruden is defining his legacy this season, I would encourage you to consider otherwise. Same thing with Derek Carr. Heading into a year where he doesn't have a, uh, any guaranteed money on his contract, the Raiders could part with him very easily. I have faith in Derek. I think he's going to kill it this year. I don't have any inkling at all that he's going to have a bad year, but I'm saying that's how important this is because if he doesn't, then we might be talking about the legitimacy of drafting a quarterback next year. So big, big stuff going on for the Raiders. You know, Josh Jacobs heading in. Look, you don't see running backs get extended very often. Only Derrick Henry, for the most part, running backs play the rookie contracts, and then they're gone. Like, now we are here in year three. Like, you want that extension, Josh Jacobs? Play your ass off. Like, so big stuff going on with the Raiders. So all that said, um, it's important for the Raiders to take advantage of their home field advantage. And I'm glad that they're recognizing that publicly. And, uh, and look, I can't wait to be there. I can't wait there to be there with you all and, uh, and, and celebrating the greatness of the Raiders now in Las Vegas, man. It's going to be awesome. All right, I'm going to play one more clip for you before we get to a break. And then we're going to do the see a fans mailbag where we're going to hear from your voicemails and emails. Um, oh shoot. I didn't print off Paul's email. Uh, I might have to play something long <laughs> so I can go get that. Cause I, I don't, Oh, shoot. Yeah, I got to go print it off my computer in the other room. Okay, so during the CF Fans uh, intro, I might be going and, uh, and, and grabbing that. Sorry. Um, but before we get to that, this was very interesting. Um, the Raiders have been a little bit criticized over the drafting the character guy above the, the, the player that was maybe best at the position or best at the, on the board at the time. And they've been criticized for that. Um, I'm not on that bus essentially um yeah i think that you can overplay that card you can be the nicest guy in the world but i just want you to make plays like ultimately i want you to be successful in the field but i think that if you're not careful you can also disrupt your locker room or you can end up with a guy like isaiah wilson right really quickly and all of a sudden flames out and he never even played but like four downs in the whole league so i think it's i think it's important to consider it um but in terms of players coming up 
one of the greatest college football coaches that's ever, not even arguable anymore, I don't think, um, that's ever existed is Nick Saban. There's a reason we keep drafting and, and bringing Alabama guys over to the Raiders. It's because of these notions of what Saban, uh, the, the, the philosophy that he coaches with. And one of the things that he talks about, guys, two guys, to his, his players up and coming, is what do you want to be defined as? What do you want to be your story as you're heading in to the NFL? And I think this is fantastic advice. I think this goes beyond football. Um, I played it for my sons the other day. I'm like, you need to hear this. Like, this is a very good lesson for us all to, to have and to all keep in our memory banks. And uh, we're going to listen to Coach Saban talk about the difference between and and but. Well, again, this goes back to players creating value for themselves. Um, I, I always talk to players about, you know, I spent eight years in the NFL, so that means I spent, I sat through eight drafts, which meant it's not just a draft, it's two weeks of preparing for the draft, and then two more weeks of getting questions answered, and then two more weeks of preparing for the draft. So I'm talking about listening to a thousand draft reports. And I tell our players all the time, the two most compelling words in a draft report is and and but. All right, so they read the player, and I'll take a defensive back. All right, he's got quick feet, change of direction, good long speed, can play man-to-man, he's a good tackler, he's got toughness, he's got really good ball judgment and really good ball skills, and He's a good person. He was a leader on the team. He graduated from school. Coaches loved him. Read the same player. But he had a positive drug test. Uh, he had a domestic violence incident with his girlfriend. Got in a fight to borrow when he was a freshman. Strength coach said he wouldn't piss on him if he was on fire. Uh, who, who do you want on your team? And or but. All right, so... What I tell players is you don't realize that as soon as you apply for a job, as soon as you put your name in for the draft, people are looking for reasons not to pick you. They're looking for reasons not to hire you. So don't give anybody a reason to say, but it's the only way that you can create value for yourself. So that and and but what came after that had nothing to do with what the player was, but it had a significant impact on where the player got picked. So this is an analogy that I use all the time with players to try to get them to understand how do I create value for myself in my future for what I want to accomplish. And it goes right back to, yeah, I might have to edit my behavior a little bit, you know, when Fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied. He's thrown. It All right, good stuff there from Coach Saban, man. I appreciate it, man. How do you want to be? How do you want to be defined as an and or a but? Uh, <laughs> not that kind of but. All right, uh, so you can hit us a couple different ways here at Raiders Fan Radio. You can uh, call the show anytime at 
909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. And um, you can leave us a message. And if we play your message three times on the air, you become a made man or a made woman. And so we appreciate all of our callers every week. But also, you can email us like our good friend Paul. And you can email us at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. That's S-H-O-W at RaidersFanRadio.com. And uh, so, yeah, so definitely uh, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we've only got one this week, and it is from uh, the now penned, penned, named, whatever, new name, the Royal Scribe. Paul has numerous titles already and, uh, and, and awards and accolades here at Raiders Fan Radio, but uh, he's now got a new title, and that comes from our buddy, the Big Easy, who, uh, who said he should be called the Royal Scribe. So he is now, uh, I don't know if we should call him Sir Paul. I don't know if that comes with knighthood. I guess we need to contact Queen Haley and see if she'll knight uh, Sir Paul the Royal Scribe. But anyways, let's hear from our buddy Paul, who comes to us from Shropshire, UK, otherwise known as Shropshire, Mississippi, because it is west of Birmingham. Evening, fellas. Hope you are all well. Only one place to start this week's email, and that's with best wishes and condolences to the family and friends of Mike Davis. It was only a couple months ago I found uh, the full coverage video of the 1980 AFC Championship game on YouTube and that wonderful last gasp of an interception of his. The focus and concentration to complete the INT was excellent, especially in a negative 37 wind chill. You've never heard 80,000 people get so quiet so quickly. I'm sure his stats and legacy will be discussed at length, so I'll just say a huge thank you, and God bless you, sir. Raider in peace. The draft is almost here, and the nerves are starting to fray a little. It seems to be a good pool to choose from this year, and there are a number of great prospects in the areas we need to address. One question to ask, though, and this may sound crazy to some, do we need eight picks? Should we trade up in the draft or use some draft capital to trade for a quality player elsewhere? Julio Jones, perhaps? I'm still on that one. Um, I forget. It was, it's been months ago now that that was my bold prediction. We were doing bold predictions, and that was mine that we would end up with Julio Jones this offseason. And now Julio's on the block. Um, not Jenny, but Julio on the block. Uh, yeah, man, I'm all about that. I think Julio Jones, I don't know who uh, if he's got to arm wrestle Henry Ruggs to try to get number 11, but um, or I'm sure Henry will, 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 will turn that. Well, now they can do the new numbers too, right? Now they can get all kinds of different numbers. So anyways, point being though, I think Julio Jones, you want to talk about bringing in an alpha to be a number one. I mean, I think Darren Waller is our number one receiver. Um, He just happens to be a tight end and he's the number one focus of our offense. But if you want that alpha, you want that number one wide receiver. Think about that. Think about that freaking, that wide receiver room. If we brought in Julio Jones, damn man, I like that. I like the move. Um, I've always thought Julio Jones has just been a blast to watch. He's a, just an amazing football player. Oh, yeah, Alabama, right? Uh, there are so many stats and videos to go through. It's difficult to keep track of everybody. I agree. It, you can get it's paralysis by analysis with the draft. Um, I'd like to see a right tackle, a linebacker, and the cornerback slash safety area improved, and I'll be happy. I'll try not to prejudge and let people prove themselves on the field. Uh, I'm like anybody else, though, at this time of year. I've been known to pace around the room like an expectant father while we're on the clock. Who doesn't like to see the big college stars of the future picked up? More than that, though, I love to see us pick up the hidden gems from round three onwards, like Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro. We love us a Max. It's been a busy start to the new season so far with quite a 
quite a turnover of players, more than I expected. We've laid the foundations of our plans in the coming season, and now we just need to pick the right blend of enthusiasm and talent over the next few days. It can't be that difficult to find the next Howie Long, Charles Woodson, or Lester Hayes, can it? (laughs) And he's joking, of course. Whoever we choose, though, they're privileged to be joining the Raiders, and we wish them well. We've all dreamt of playing for the Raiders. It's time for them to, to make our dreams their reality. I believe this could make a break season for a few big names in Vegas, so we need to get it right. As important as it is to have a good draft, the biggest thing I want to see this offseason is an improvement from the existing defensive coaching staff. Coach Bradley may have had one or two sleepless nights since he joined, but I don't think we're that far away. We've had makings of a good defense the last couple of years. We just had the wrong coordinator and the wrong execution. Totally agree. We don't have that excuse anymore. Some discipline and players being allowed to express themselves in roles they're comfortable in will see us make big strides. If we get that right, I see good things on the horizon. As I've said before, we have to get it right this year or heads could roll. Finally, a huge thank you to the Big Easy. I've had many names thrown at me over the years, some unprintable for various reasons, but the Royal Scribe made me smile. It's an honor, and I'm more than happy to run with it. Right on. Uh, stay safe, RFR family. Love you, Raider Nation. His Lordship, the Royal Scribe. Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi. Polly Award winner 2019. Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020. Beat, RT, Sizzler, Scorekeeper, Proud Made Man. And five-time, 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 plus one winner of the Raiders Fan Radio Sizzler Award. Ah, oh, Paul. Just press the damn button, nerd. Wait. Paul. 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 All right, appreciate our good friend Paul, the royal scribe of RFR, checking in with the emails. And uh, again, uh, as I mentioned, you can email us anytime at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. Now, we, uh, we give away an award around here every week, and that's to the best email or phone call of the week. And uh, Uncle Mosh normally gives that away. In his absence, it's Swag Jeff. In his absence, it's me. And uh, I don't want to do anything by myself, so I trust you, the chat room, to give me your input. So be thinking about these phone calls. And, of course, Paul there in the emails, what you think the best email or phone call was this week, and we will award them a Sizzler Award, which is the best of the week. All right, so uh, we have uh, a crew around here. We have the uh, we got the maiden men and maiden women, right? So if you become maid around here because you've emailed us an indefinite amount of times, or maybe you've called the show three times and got your message played on the air, you become a maid man or a maid woman, and you are now part of the crew. And uh, we have a leader of the crew, we call him the Capo. He is Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, and he always kicks off this segment. So let's check in with our good friend Aaron. Greetings, Don Murphy, Siglary Marsh, on the boss, Sonny. All the made men, listen, it's the eve of the draft. We've waited a year for this, and what are we going to do with it? So I'm posing most of my call directly to the chat, the nation. Um, we never, ever take any linebackers, but I'm going to pose the three linebackers that we're looking at the most, of course. Um, there's been a lot of clamoring for Jock out of Notre Dame, but Micah Parsons is the genetic freak. 
Um, he's not getting the respect he's uh, needed on the big boards, but uh, he could slide to us at 17. But I've got my eye on Zayvon Collins. I made my call on him about a month and a half ago. Um, I've given you all a lot of information. Uh, last call, I went in-depth about late sleepers and people we should get in the later rounds and stuff like that. But um, I'll leave it up to you. Um, of the three linebackers, uh, go ahead and uh, chime in. Who do you want? Leave it in the chat. Collins, Parsons. Job. Now, let's go ahead and uh, really talk about what we're probably going to do at 17, and that's going to be taking a tackle. And there is a scenario where we trade with Atlanta, who's uh, widely speculated to uh, get the tight end uh, Kyle Pitts out of Florida, but they can be traded with. Let's get that generational talent. Panay Sewell, I know he's a left tackle, but he is a prodigy. He won the Outland Trophy, best tackle in college football at 19 years old. Why not move into our right side with a trade? With a trade, They need pass rushes, and you know how I feel about Cleet Furl. We could package him, NASA, and possibly my knee. Wait, who'd you say, Aaron? F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't Furl. He over Sean in order to get him. Rashawn Slater, he is equally talented. He can play every position along the line, but I don't think he lands to us. Now, we've got the West Side Riders, and they're all clamoring for Elijah Vera Tucker, guard out of USC. He can play tackle, and, of course, the grown man, Tevin Jenkins, who embodies Raider in and out. He's penalty-prone, he's dominant, and he's just a grown-ass man. And then there's Christian Derrishaw. So go ahead and give me your answers in the chat. Don't have much to say. There will be no hit list this week. There will be no grocery list this week. Let's go ahead and get this money. Rope. Love it. There he is. Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider. Excellent job, as always, Aaron. Love it, man. All right, so Raider Nation, who you got? Let's see it, man. Let's take the unofficial poll. So let's. I know there's been so much chatter. I, it's hard for me to keep up with the chat. I always go back and read it. But it's hard for me to keep up, especially on a selfie night. But let's see some names, man. We see Parsons in there. Uh, Joker is in there. Uh, Derrissaw's in there. Let's 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 see those names, man. There's another one for 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 Joker. Um, I th- think that's strong, strong possibility. Um, but yeah, but keep the names coming up. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the next call here. Uh, well, but I want to uh, just kind of keep a, keep a loose tally of what the names are coming in there in the chat. Curious to who you guys think uh, the Raiders are going to take with at 17. All right, next up, uh, we heard from him earlier. We call him the Houstorian. He's our good buddy, Houston Raider Steve. Murph, my swag, Jeff, Nation, Q-Dog. Um, this is Eastern Raiders team, my breakdown. Offensive tackles. Sewell's going to be gone from Oregon. Christian Dershaw is from Virginia Tech. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa. Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. And, of course, Kevin Jenkins. I like him. He's a beast. He's a pancaker. I think he'd be a great person to be for there. It says here that the uh, Raiders have drafted at least one tackle six times in the fourth round or higher. Okay, we're going to go to the guards and tackles. Rashawn Slater, Northwestern. Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Wyatt Davis. Trey Smith out of Tennessee, uh, and also Drake Jackson out of Kentucky. He says the Raiders last drafted a center in 2011 when they drafted Stefan Wisniewski in the second round. Next position I'm going to move to. Uh, defensive line, Alan McNeil out of North Carolina State. Davon Nixon out of Iowa. Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Jalen uh, Twyman out of Pittsburgh. The Raiders haven't used a first-round uh, pick on a defensive tackle since Joe Russell was the second overall in 1997. 
Next position, linebackers. This is what I'm looking at. Micah Parsons, Penn State. Jerma Asukormora, Notre Dame, both great rushers. Joseph Asai from Texas. Chaz Surratt from North Carolina. David Collins out of Tulsa. The Raiders have drafted four linebackers in the first round. Khalil Mack, 2014. Rolando McLean, 2010. Napoleon Harris, 2002. Bob Fregerson, 1994. Quarterbacks, Sertain out of Alabama. Horn out of South Carolina. Farley out of Virginia Tech. The Raiders have spent a first or second round pick on quarterbacks in the three of the last four drafts. Goodbye. <laughs> there he is, Houston Raiders Steve. Nice job, Steve. Yeah, man. Um, Wow, if Sertan falls to us, of course, I, I think that's a slam dunk, right? But I, I, that's a little bit of a pipe dream. I, as much as I said that, you know, look, we might see the top 10 go and not see any freaking defensive players taken, uh, I don't think Sertan makes it to us at 17. But, boy, that sure would be sweet, right? That would be, that would be a dream scenario, I think, for the Raiders. But um, Steve brought up uh, Micah Parsons there, and I think that seems to be the favorite in the chat. Um, I, between him and, and, and Jeremiah, 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 I'm just going to keep calling him. We got to call him Jerry, Jerry from Notre Dame or Jerry from Indiana. Where well, might go with that? Jerry from Indiana. I think that, uh, that that's, those seem to be the slam dunk favorites. And I would say that it's, it uh, definitely leans a little bit, uh, toward Micah Parsons. All right, next up, let's get to our, uh, Hey, we got the Mater Raider checking in. Let's check in with our good friend. Used to be Ron and Alliance. And now he's the moderator, the guy that holds it down for us in the chat every week. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ron. Just wanted to call in real quick with my uh, draft wish list here, and it has nothing to do with individual players. Uh, I want us to take a football player, not a character guy. Uh, that's hurt us, I think, uh, going after character guys to build the culture of the locker room. It's time to get a football player. Mayock mentioned last year, at the end of the year that we need people that the other team has to be aware of when they're on the field. I think we got Ngakwe is a guy that fits that uh, mold. We need another guy. We need somebody that when the other team takes the field, they have to know where he is. I don't want another draft that's upside down. And what I mean by that is our second, third, fourth round players are more impactful than the guys we take in the first round. We take these guys that, we have to develop the value of a draft pick, a high draft pick, is instant impact because you get that instant impact at a value, okay? When you take Colton Miller, who's developed into a wonderful player, but when you take him that high in the first round and you get the value four years later, well, four years later, the team that you you put him on originally is gone. We need to get some guys that will make an impact now, uh, so that's my big wish list. I just want players <laughs> that can go out there and make an instant impact. Have a good day, guys. All right, right on, Ron. Appreciate that sentiment, man. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's something that we can all agree on. That like, and that's very very well put. You you draft guys in the first round because you want them to be impact starters week one, not week four of their you know four years later. So I totally agree with you there. And especially considering what we heard earlier from Gus Bradley, that his scheme is designed for young guys to come in, step in immediately, and have an impact. So I definitely think that's what direction this is headed in, and I'm with you. I'm with you 100% on that, and great call, Ron. All right, we got one more to get to. Remember, we're giving away a Sizzler tonight. 
It's either going to go to Paul with the, with the great email. We've got Houston Raiders Steve giving us his draft rundown. We had Ron there uh, bringing up the idea that the Raiders need to make an impact in round one. And then last but not least, because Capo's ineligible, um, last but not least, Cousin Sonny, the guy that I started this show with way back when. Here's Cousin Sonny calling in with his take. And I, I think it's legit. I think we can give, make Sonny eligible for Sizzler. Should he you know, be good enough to win it? I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know, chat room, who you think after we play this last one. Hey, Murph. Your old buddy Clavin over here. Oh, I'm sorry. Thinking this is Cliff Clavin. And, uh, you know. I'm sorry. This is not Sonny. This is my old buddy Clavin. So Cliff Clavin from Cheers checking in uh, for what the Raiders need to do in the draft. Hey, Murph. Your old buddy Clavin over here. Thinking about the draft, and uh, you know, I like this guy out of Baylor, Murph, high motor. But then there's this guy out of Ole Miss, tree trunk legs. You know what I'm saying, Murph? But uh, you know, anyway, Murph, there's a guy out of Washington too. He just has that no quit in him, real, real stand up kind of guy. But uh, Murph, the biggest thing I want from the Raiders this year is to uh, you know draft somebody who's on the fucking team in five years as a starter. <laughs> Hey, Murph. Hope you have a good day. Let's <laughs> see if I can catch that. Uh, Murph, the biggest thing I want from the Raiders this year is to, uh, you know, draft somebody who's on the fucking team in five years as a starter. <laughs> hey, Murph. Hope you have a good day. <laughs> Yo. Ah, there's Cousin Sonny. Good job, Cousin Sonny. Or, excuse me, Cliff Clavin. Good job there, Cliffy. Uh, appreciate Cliff Clavin. All right, uh, chat room, I'm going to play a break here. And while we're on the break, you guys talk about it and let me know who you think wins this week's Sizzler Award. Patrick Claybaum with NFL Network here. Hey, folks, I know three things you might like. Do you like football? Do you like the Las Vegas Raiders? Do you like listening to things? I'll add a fourth. Do you like swag? Well, here we got Swag Jeff, Murph, Uncle Mosh. This is Raiders Fan Radio. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. This is Trent Sig, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with Murph, Swag Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Just win, baby. All right. It's about unanimous. Congratulations, cousin. I mean, cousin Cliff Clavin, you have won this week's Sizzler Award. I am the Sizzler. 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 We are Metallica and we are here for your Oakland Raiders! You know why we are here and we ain't playing around today! From the Walking Dead to Errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. Congratulations, Cousin Sonny. I never thought he would win a Sizzler. 
being that he was a co-founder of this show, but I guess hey, it's fair game now. He's he's a listener. And so, uh, yeah, great stuff there from Cousin Sonny, man. Or, or excuse me, I keep saying that. Great job, Cliff Clavin. Appreciate you. Uh, you know, Sammy, the, uh, the Raiders pick number 17 in the draft there tomorrow night. Nope, they're going to pick up an impact player. And yeah, maybe overshoot the character guy and just go for a guy that can make an immediate impact on week one, you know? Um, all right, I met that guy. I met, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? It's escaping me now. Ah, the name of the actor that plays Cliff Clavin. Help me. John, John uh, Ratzenberger. I met John Ratzenberger in the Miami airport one time. And, uh, and actually, we talked about Star Wars because he was in Empire Strikes Back. For the, you nerdy people out there, he is uh, one of the, like, the lieutenants that's in the hangar in Hoth before the rebels launch their attack against the Empire after they're getting invaded. You know that like when they're trying to get the rebel ships off and all that stuff? Anyways, Ratzenberger's in that, and we talked about Empire Strikes Back. It was pretty cool. Um, all right, so appreciate all of you tonight. Appreciate everybody that, uh, that, that, that called in. I've got these draft stories still. We'll save that for next week. We're already uh, well past the hour and a half mark tonight. So we'll, uh, we'll save that. But I've got Tim Brown. I've got Colton Miller. I've got Howie Long. And I've got Ray Guy uh, for draft stories. So we'll cover that next week. We're going to have both the Jeffs back in here in the fan cave. And so that'll be awesome to have those guys. And so we'll do those draft stories then. I want to thank, of course, Cousin Sonny. Congratulations on your Sizzler Award. But also Ron the Materator uh, for his... Uh, uh, voicemail, Houston Raider Steve, of course, Capo, and Paul. Uh, thank you so much for your correspondence this week. Thank you so much to the chat room. You guys freaking America, rock. go to the YouTube right now. That's right. Go to the YouTube and participate with the best chat room, the best community in Raider Nation. Uh, in there tonight is Michelle Sweat, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider, Lorenzo, Sugar Shane, Tida Raider, Ronda Mater Raider. The Big Easy is in there. Lee B. What's up, Lee B? Uh, Franklin83 is in there. Storm is in there. Sergio is in there. Stacy Ruff, he's in there. What's up, Stacy? Chevy Silver Raider is in there. Uh, so many good folks. Uh, uh, Raider Boy. Rico is in there. Uh, Pete M is in there. Man, so many good folks, so many good friends of ours in the chat room tonight, and appreciate you. Thank you for all the support that you give us here at Raiders Fan Radio. Don't forget, uh, we're doing a subscriber run again. If you want to win the Josh Jacobs Nike Elite Vapor jersey, here it is. Size large. This can be yours. Only worn for about three seconds by me. Otherwise, it's brand new. Um, and with that Josh Jacobs jersey, you're going to get this. The inaugural, if I can turn it on the right way. You're going to get this. The inaugural season in Las Vegas. Ve- Ve- this is where I, see, that's where I fall apart. I can't talk. Las Vegas 2020, the inaugural season patch to go on your brand new Josh Jacobs jersey. Uh, you will look fantastic in it. And all you got to do is subscribe. All you got to do is like. All you got to do is share this stuff with your friends. We appreciate all of the monetary donations. But again, all we ever would ask from you all is just share the love of Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, tell your Raider friends. Hit the thumbs up. Share it on social media if you, if you can. And again, the more we do that, the, the more money we make. And we're going to give all that money away to the One Nation Foundation. Um, that said, we got some very generous donations tonight. Uh, we got one from, uh, we got a few from Matthew tonight. Thank you, Matthew Mangus, for all of your donations. Thank you, Daniel Mangus, for all of your donations. Thank you, Aaron Acute Raider, for all of your donations. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Again, it's hard for me to keep up with the chat when I'm doing a selfie. So if I if I missed another donation, please forgive me on that and just know that all of your money is highly appreciated. It's it's I know that you know it's it, it's tough to coming off of COVID and all that. I know that it's been a challenge for a lot of folks financially. And so 
it, it is not taken lightly. Your contribution to Raiders Fan Radio and the One Nation Foundation, we are so in, uh, incredibly thankful for you. Uh, but again, uh, as much as we're thankful for those monetary donations, just just kind of share with the thumbs up uh, and subscribe and all that good stuff is, uh, is all we ask. And so, anyways, that's all I got for this week. So let me start. To, see, I got I to gotta produce here by hitting. Okay, there we go. And so uh, thank you so much again to all of you tonight, for everybody that was in the chat room. Man, don't forget, tomorrow night, check me out on uh, on Samoan's channel around the Raiders pick. And the rest of the time, I will be on When the Universe Speaks with our good buddy Mojo and his crazy crew of folks over there at When the Universe Speaks. We're going to have an absolute blast tomorrow night for draft night. I know you will, too. It's uh, it's become one of the highlights of the NFL season, frankly. It's, uh, it's, it's such a fun thing. And has just blossomed in this amazing event. And uh, hopefully next year, we all get to see each other in Las Vegas. That's going to be an absolute blast. We had so much fun the other, uh, a couple years ago in here in Nashville. We got a chance to do a live event. That was where we, we met Michelle Sweat originally and her amazing family. And so many of uh, friends like Monster Mash Ken, uh, Raider Homer. Um, of course, Aaron was there to, uh, to help us do that show live. So we'll look forward to doing something like that when it comes to Vegas here uh, next year. But for this year, we'll all kind of connect up virtually. Those of you that are going to it in Cleveland, enjoy it. Share pictures with us. Tag us on social media so we can then share it with our audience. No fan left behind, as we like to say. So, again, thank you so much for the way that you support Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you for all your participation. Thank you, chat room. Thank you, Ron, for holding it down in the chat room tonight. And uh, I don't think we had any unruly KC fans. So, uh, anyways, appreciate you all so very, very much. Love you, Raider Nation. Have a good night. Go Raiders. Number 17 tomorrow. What's up? the Raiders this year is to, uh, you know, draft somebody who's on the fucking team in five years with a starter. Hey, man. Hope you have a good day. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get everything for your next project today at Menards and save big money. Keep your walls and trim protected while you paint with Scotch Blue Painter's Tape. It's designed for use on multiple surfaces and can be removed easily without leaving residue behind. Say big on Scotch Blue Painter's Tape from Menards. Also, view our weekly flyer on Menards.com and check out all of our great deals happening this week. Save big money at Menards.